Good afternoon. It's great to be here in Edmonton. I'm here with Ministers Nixon and Tays to talk about the skyrocketing inflation that is being made even worse by the federal government's forthcoming tar carbon tax hike. I will be introducing a motion in Alberta's legislature later today to clearly demonstrate our opposition to the Trudeau government's April Fool's Day prank of hiking the carbon tax on April the 1st, right when Canadians are already struggling with rising costs on everything from food and grocery stores to home heating to filling up our cars. These aren't optional expenses or luxuries that folks can do without. These are basic costs that people have when they uh, live, work and raise their family in this cold northern country. Trudeau's carbon tax hike is another body blow to Albertans, taking money right out of our pockets and sending it to Ottawa when we can least afford it. And that's why Alberta's legislature will be debating, and I hope passing unanimously, the following motion. Quotes, be it resolved that the Legislative Assembly call on the Government of Canada to stop its planned April 1st, 2022 increase of the carbon tax to $50 per tonne and further plan to quadruple the carbon tax to $170 a tonne, given that Canadian families are struggling with the highest inflation in 30 years. The federal government's tax hikes and huge deficits have driven up inflation. For years, the problem's been getting worse. We've already seen prices explode on grocery shelves caused by rampant inflation on food and other basic necessities. Grocery stores have been facing higher and higher costs on the things they need to get food on their shelves. In fact, food costs have increased by 18% since the carbon tax was introduced here in Alberta in 2015. And the April 1st carbon tax increase will make that bad situation even worse for working families. Even the Bank of Canada in Ottawa says that uh, the carbon tax hike planned on the 1st of April will increase inflation by nearly half a percentage point, and that's on top of a 30-year high for inflation. It just doesn't make sense. Right now, as I say, inflation is at the highest point in three decades, and it's only going to hurt families and make life even more expensive to raise it further. Um, on our part, Alberta's government is taking action right now to make life more affordable. We're suspending the provincial gas tax on April 1st, that will save Albertans 13 cents a litre when they fill up. Unfortunately, the Trudeau carbon tax hike means that Albertans will be paying 3 cents a litre more, so Albertans can expect to save about 10 cents a litre, that is our 13 cent cut, his 3 cent increase. But this is only the beginning of the Trudeau, NDP the Trudeau Liberal NDP government's plan for higher fuel, food and fuel costs. Their carbon tax is expected to go up every single year for the next nine years until it reaches $170 a tonne. When it reaches $50 a tonne on April 1st, the carbon tax will be about 11 cents per litre of gasoline at the pump. But by 2030, it will be a staggering 39 uh, uh, cents a litre. And here's what that means in real dollars and cents. If you drive a Honda Civic, it'll cost you about 70 bucks to fill up your empty gas tank on April 1. And that's assuming fuel prices stay roughly the same between now and then, and factoring in our provincial gas tax cut, plus the federal carbon tax increase. So on April 1st of 2030, the end of this decade, when the Liberal NDP tax for carbon hits $170 a tonne, it'll cost $83 to fill up that same Honda Civic.
For a middle-class family earning $70,000 a year, the carbon tax will add $600 of direct and indirect annual costs when it reaches $50 a ton in just a few days. But that same middle-class family will pay more than $2,000 in carbon tax costs by 2030. These are staggering numbers that many families just can't afford. On top of the action we're taking to save Albertans' money at the pumps, Alberta's government is also providing $150 in rebates to your electricity bills. We know that families are facing significant pressure because of increases in their electricity bills, so we're making sure that their bills uh, get a little more manageable by putting money where it matters, back in the hands of Albertans. And finally, we are capping the price of uh, gas for home heating at 6 dollars and 50 cents a gigajoule to inflation protect consumers if it goes the price goes much higher than where it is now but i want to be clear on something while alberta's government is focused on lowering costs the carbon tax supporters including the liberal ndp alliance actually want these basic necessities to get more expensive that is their goal that's their purpose that's their design the entire purpose of carbon taxes is to raise the cost of heating your home, is to raise the cost of driving your car, and to raise the cost of pretty much everything we need to survive. But Albertans have sent a message. Enough is enough. Gas is at record highs across most of Canada, with it sitting at more than two bucks a litre through much of the country. And the Liberal NDP government in Ottawa wants it to become even more expensive. But Alberta's government is taking action to provide relief for families. It's time the federal government does the same. Follow our example, Mr. Trudeau, and stop picking the pockets of Albertans with even higher taxes on the things that they need just to get by. With that, I'll be introducing Minister Taze to say a bit more. Well, thank you, Premier, and uh, good, good afternoon today uh, with my colleagues. I call on members of the Leg Legislative Assembly to support the motion the government is putting forward today, the motion that calls on the federal government to halt the scheduled increase in the carbon tax effective April 1st. The increase to the federal carbon tax on April 1st comes at the worst possible time for people who are already coping with the rising cost of fuel, groceries and other basic necessities. Stimulative, stimulative central bank policy, the war in Ukraine, supply chain disruptions, as well as excessive spending by the federal government are all creating uh, an, a scenario, uh, a circumstance, a landscape of increasing inflation, with the inflation rate in February reaching 5.7%. An increase to the federal carbon tax only makes matters worse for Alberta households by taxing them more to fill up their cars, trucks, and to heat their homes. In fact, it adds costs to so many things we purchase. It's no accident that we're here in a grocery store talking about the effects of the carbon tax. I suspect most everything, in fact, I would argue everything in this store, the pricing on every item in this store is affected by the carbon tax, both, both in terms of the cost of utilities to ultimately heat this building and cool its refrigeration units as well as the cost to transport every good into this store. The carbon tax hits Albertans in so many ways, directly and indirectly. We will continue to call on the federal government to listen to Canadians' concerns and not increase the tax burden at this difficult time. 
I firmly believe the best thing governments can do during times of inflation is spend less, borrow less, and tax less. And that's exactly what Alberta's government is doing. It's why on April 1st we will no longer collect the provincial fuel tax. We will be suspending it, saving Alberta drivers 13 cents a litre while oil prices are high. It's a common sense move to respond to the real concerns from everyday Albertans and Alberta businesses. The budget I introduced last month ensures our province will hold on to the tax advantages we have over other parts of Canada. Albertans pay the lowest overall taxes among provinces with low personal income tax, no provincial sales tax, no land transfer tax, payroll tax, or health care premium. Our pro-growth policies are also helping to foster a competitive business environment and encouraging more companies to move to Alberta. With more businesses competing with one another over the long term, there's increased incentive for them to keep their costs low and pass those savings on to consumers. Keeping costs low for Albertans and businesses is a crucial part of our strategy to grow the economy, support job creation, and make Alberta the best place to live, work, and raise a family. And while Alberta's government does its part, it's time the federal government does the same. The message to Ottawa is simple, stop the carbon tax. I would now like to uh, invite Minister Nixon to the podium to say a few more words. Well, thank you, uh, Premier and Mr. Taze, for your important comments today. Since day one, this government has been focused on taking steps that would reduce costs for families and increase competitiveness for businesses. The very first act of this government nearly three years ago was to end the NDP's consumer carbon tax through Bill 1 because we knew the damage that carbon taxes would do to our economy and to families. We listened to Albertans who were seeing the negative impact of the carbon tax on their bottom line and we took the fight all the way to the Supreme Court. Albertans continue to be let down by the federal government as their anti-energy policies in the last six years have let them down. We have seen moving goalposts for critical projects like Energy East, ultimately killing a project that would have seen Canada clean up its own energy consumption. Alberta's government, on the other hand, has been making investments here at home that keep our industry competitive, cut emissions, and get Albertans back to work. The Technology Innovation and Emission Reduction Program, or TIER, has made a significant difference in our province. Under this system, Alberta's large emitters pay into a fund that in turn is investing in reducing emissions. A technology that has reduced emissions to date of 47.8 megatons by 2030 uh, and has created at the same time tens of thousands of jobs over the last two years, all while saving industry hundreds of millions of dollars. Consumer carbon taxes, on the other hand, have little to do with actually reducing emissions. For example, British Columbia introduced an economy-wide carbon tax in 2008. Despite having this tax on the books for over a decade, road transportation emissions in that province have continued to rise. Now, with the rising cost of everything from gas to groceries front of mind for all of Albertans, the federal government should not be moving forward with policies that increase the cost more than they are already going up. This afternoon, as the Premier mentioned, we will give notice of a government motion formally calling on the Government of Canada to halt the carbon tax increase scheduled for April 1st. It is my hope the Assembly can send a clear message to Ottawa on behalf of all Albertans now of all times is not a moment to increase costs. Thank you very much for being here today, and I'd like to invite the Premier back to the podium to take some questions. 
Thank you, Premier and Ministers. We're going to start on the floor here uh, with our media Q&A. So please identify your name, your outlet, and who you'd like to direct your question to. And we'll take one question, one follow-up. Go ahead, Tom. Hi, it's Tom Vernon from Global News. My question is, first question is for the Premier. In your comments, you spoke about... I'm over here. Oh, hi, Tom. There, yeah. Sorry. Uh, you you spoke about sending this money off to Ottawa through the carbon tax. Did you not just make an argument for Alberta to come up with a made-in-Alberta consumer carbon tax solution, as was uh, spoken about after losing the Supreme Court case, then you would actually have more control over these policies in-house? Well, Tom, we are in negotiations with the federal government trying to get the best deal we can or the least bad deal, but we are just opposed to carbon taxes in principle, and I hope there will be a change in federal government that stops this uh, scheduled 400% increase in the carbon tax. Tom, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether Edmonton or Ottawa collects it, it's money out of people's pockets. And at right now, to do that on it, it, during a 30-year high in inflation is the worst possible time. Uh, so, you know, we are looking at how we can mitigate the damage of the carbon tax on people here in Alberta. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it is money out of people's pockets to make energy and food more expensive. We just fundamentally disagree with that. That's why we're bringing forward this motion here today. Go ahead with your follow-up. This morning, you put out a meme on your social media accounts, the Will, playing off the Will Smith, Chris Rock uh, situation, about green energy policy, uh, policies and reality. How does your ESG office feel about this? You have green energy policies in your government that you are using to try and attract more investment here. Sure. Alberta is reducing emissions and will continue to do that. But the green left has killed pipelines that gave more uh, power to Vladimir Putin and OPEC the Green left has brought in carbon taxes that is making life unaffordable for people during 30-year high inflation. Uh, and the Green left has also discouraged investment in oil and gas that has given us this huge inflation that people are coping with. It's forced up electricity prices, uh, home heating costs, electricity costs, cost to fill up your gas tank. And here we are at a grocery store where inflation, food inflation has gone up by 18% since the carbon taxes started in 2015. People are having to check two or three times uh, what they used to buy without thinking about it at a grocery store. And more families are having to resort to uh, food banks. So yeah, the, the policies of the, the green left have uh, forced up the cost of everything from electricity to food. And they've also managed to uh, empower some of the world's worst regimes. And I think what we're seeing right now is a reckoning. Reality is, uh, in, is coming clear into focus right now. You cannot take the modern industrial economy, especially in a big cold country like Canada, and run it off of uh, good wishes. You actually need energy, the kind of energy that we produce. And uh, the point I made there and that we're making here today um, is that we need to be realistic about energy. Yes, realistic investments in reducing greenhouse gas emissions, uh, but in a way that does not disrupt the lives of ordinary people, that does not empower dictators like Vladimir Putin, and does not make groceries and fuel unaffordable for Albertans. Go ahead, Carly. Hi, Carly Robinson with City News. Just on the topic of that social media post, uh, that meme, uh, some say it's celebrating an assault that happened, and it's uh, not doing much in terms of the political decorum and the dialogue that's happening. Well, of course, it, look, this is a, a, a meme that's taken over the Internet. It's a 
creative way of making a point. The point is that folks who have been trying to drive families into energy poverty got it wrong. They have increased food costs by 18% over the past few years. They've helped massively increase the cost of electricity, of filling up your gas tank, of living normal lives. And it's just plain wrong. Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine is a, a wake-up call for us to become energy realists. And that means producing and shipping more responsibly produced Canadian energy to compete with and displace dictator oil around the world. Right now, we are living through an inflection point, I think, in modern history, where we realize that uh, we actually do depend on uh, conventional sources of energy and will for some time to come. And uh, so uh, that's the point I'm making, and uh, I think that, that ordinary people understand um, we, that, that reality is, uh, is now interrupting the uh, failed policies of the green left, like the carbon tax, whose goal it is to make life less affordable for people. Just back on the topic of inflation, there are obviously other factors that drive inflation, not just a carbon tax. I'm wondering if you have any other plans on how to help uh, the average Albertan in the coming months, uh, other than what was already announced. Sure. So uh, some of these things are beyond the control of a provincial government. Uh, one of the things that's led to inflation is irresponsible monetary and fiscal policy by this federal government and other governments around the world who've been printing money with reckless abandon and spending way more than they have brought in. That has created huge inflationary pressure. So we need a, a federal government that is actually concerned about inflation for starters, uh, that brings its spending under control and uh, brings in a responsible monetary policy that stops printing money uh, recklessly. So that's a key. Secondly, one of the big drivers of inflation right now is uh, the higher cost of energy. Why do we have a higher cost of energy? Because there's been a reduction in uh, investment in energy production. And that means there's a supply scarcity across the world. That's making it more expensive to, to fuel up trucks that bring the groceries from, like, California to the produce section of this Edmonton grocery store. The reason why people are having to buy less fresh produce in this and other grocery stores with the food inflation is because of that energy inflation. Energy inflation caused by green left policies like carbon taxes uh, and killing pipelines and scaring away investment from energy production. So these things are tied together. Finally, we are doing the, what we can um, with the uh, pausing of the, Alber the, I should say, suspension of the Alberta uh, fuel tax, 13 cents a litre, uh, and plus the $150 rebate on electricity. Those are big ticket items. Between those two, on an annual basis, they would represent about $1.7 billion of cost savings for Albertans. To put that in context, Ms. Notley's uh, carbon tax was raising $1.3 billion three years ago. So this is a backdoor way that we can achieve our promise to have scrapped uh, the provincial carbon tax. Thank you. And with that, we'll go to the phones operator. Could you please put through our first caller? Rick Bell, Calgary Sun. Uh, good afternoon, Premier and Ministers. Um, Premier, last week there were lots of stories. It was an action-packed week. Story about the UCP leadership race. I don't want to get into that, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'll just use the word kamikaze and you can figure out the rest. Uh, there were, you know, the mail-in ballot situation, um, 
writing presidents and MLAs on the steps of the legislature, um, uh, giving your party ultimatums or ultimata uh, if you didn't do what they wanted and go back to Red Deer. You even had a couple of um, caucus members uh, say that you should resign. Through it all, we've had the weekend now, and it's Monday, and I haven't seen any stories yet saying that anybody is actually doing anything. That is to say, I haven't heard of one of your MLAs quitting or more MLAs quitting. I haven't heard of riding presidents quitting. What do you take of all this, that there is a lot of threats and a lot of uh, consequences being thrown your way and a lot of stories, but it doesn't seem to be there's as much action happening okay. in terms of uh, actually action against you. Thanks, Rick. Uh, first of all, let me congratulate the, the Jesuits of St. Paul's in Winnipeg for having taught you uh, the proper Latin plural of ultima ultimata. Well, well done. On uh, these party matters you've, you've talked about, um, the, we were headed for over 20,000 delegates for a hotel that could accommodate 2,300 in Red Deer. Clearly, physically impossible to do that. We'd have people standing outside for hours on end, perhaps in snowy weather like this, um, with protesters shouting at them from all sides. Uh, it, it would have been a disaster, and, and everybody knows that. So the board had to uh, take a step back and figure out the best fair way to maximize democratic grassroots decision-making, and they've came up with the most secure way that everybody gets their say, 100% of the members, at no cost to them, uh, in a way that will uh, ensure a, a fair opportunity for every member to speak about our future. And I look forward to that. Uh, I am encouraged by what I'm hearing from uh, grassroots members. Since between Wednesday and Sunday, I did about 16 public events with well over 3,000 people across the province. About 13 of those, I think, were, were UCP member events. And I just heard overwhelming uh, positivity, optimism about the future, support for the government and its direction for my leadership, and for the decision to have a mail-in ballot. Uh, so I know there's always going to be some disagreement and some, some grumbling that goes with the terrain. Uh, that's fine, and I respect different views for sure. Uh, but the party board had to make a tough decision. They couldn't go ahead with um, trying to jam 20,000-plus people through a hotel ballroom uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, and uh, so they, they, made a, they made a difficult decision, but I think one that opens this up to a, for a fully democratic process. And I'll just say this, Rick. I, I don't know how anybody could argue against a universal uh, vote, a single-member vote, expanding the franchise. It's more democracy. It's a safe and secure process. Uh, what I've heard from members is overwhelming support. In fact, you know, at a whole bunch of, like, bunch of these events I did over the past few days, I did straw polls. I asked people in the audiences, uh, how many of you prefer the mail ballot to uh, a meeting in, in Red Deer? Uh, and it was nearly unanimous, like close to 100% put up their hands for the mail ballot. So, Rick, Rick the folks who you don't hear from very much, perhaps... Um, the folks who you don't have on speed dial for your, your hot takes, for your columns, uh, it's just the severely normal uh, grassroots members. Uh, they, they like the direction that the government is headed in uh, and uh, I think are grateful that they can vote from the security of their kitchen table. Go ahead with your follow-up, Rick. 
Yeah, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be short, but it's gonna be two part rapid fire, so I can sneak it in. Uh, part part one, uh, just very quickly. Are you surprised that with the comments MLAs have made, including asking you to actually resign, are you going to throw those people out, or are you surprised they haven't left? And the second one to sneak in is social media is exploding about the uh, Will Smith meme that you did. So maybe you could explain um, what are your thoughts on that when so many people on social media are very, very upset with that particular Twitter uh, tweet. So on the first question, uh, no, I'm not at all surprised there are people with uh, divergent views. You know, that's been the case for, for some time. But at the end of the day, our members will speak to the future of our party uh, through this secure democratic universal ballot. And I look forward to that and uh, will respect the outcome of that vote. I hope that everybody does. Uh, On uh, the mean, the uh, very clear statement using a contemporary way of communicating uh, on social media to say that reality is uh, interrupting the failure of green left policies to make everything more expensive. I'm here at a grocery store where food is 18% more expensive than it was when they started with the carbon tax. And now they want to raise the carbon tax by 25% on April 1st. Then they want to raise it by 400%. Uh, so it'll cost the average family $2,000 a year while inflation is at a 30-year high. And while Vladimir Putin is dropping barrel bombs on civilians, because democracies like Canada and the United States uh, limited energy development under the influence of green left policies. Uh, I think that those who have been advocating the policies that have driven up the costs for ordinary families to live and who have empowered some of the world's worst regimes are on the wrong side of history. Yes, we must, we are, and we will. Uh, reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but in a responsible and balanced way that doesn't make the basic cost of living unaffordable for ordinary families. Thanks, Premier. Operator, can you please put through our next caller? Karen Levitt, Toronto Star. Uh, yeah, my question's for the Premier. Um, CBC recently published a story that quoted two people as saying that you had direct knowledge of uh, an allegedly illegal funding arrangement for the Kamikaze candidate campaign in the 2017 leadership race, um, and that campaign was controlled uh, in major ways by your campaign. Um, did you have knowledge of the Callaway campaign's funding arrangement? No, absolutely not. Uh, and to the contrary, uh, while I sought Mr. Callaway's uh, endorsement as a former leader of one of our legacy parties, uh, I uh, made it absolutely clear that uh, I thought he was. there was no way he was going to get be able to raise the funds to run a leadership campaign and I never offered and never he never received from me or anybody in my campaign uh, any fun, fundraising assistance period full stop and that the sources of that story are two people who I understand have been charged and fined following an investigation by the uh, chief electoral officer for having violated those rules so uh, you have to put that in context also the primary source of that story is somebody who we vetoed as a nomination candidate after his uh, nomination campaign team members uh, beat up a journalist uh, to the point of unconsciousness. 
Uh, so that's the source that you and the CBC are using. I find it very strange that none of that appeared in the CBC story. Why would they use such a questionable source who's actually been fined uh, and who was excluded uh, as a candidate because his team inv was involved in the physical assault of a journalist? I think that's pretty, pretty relevant context, don't you, Karen? Go ahead, Karen. Uh, actually, the internal emails that were sent from your campaign to the Callaway campaign are the main source for, for my reporting on that, Premier. But I just want to ask a quick follow-up. Um, have you been interviewed by the RCMP about the 2017 leadership race yet? And if so, how many times? Uh, yes, I did an interview uh, at the request uh, and once. Um, and as I've said from the very beginning, we'd always be happy to answer questions. Uh, answered a bunch of questions about uh, the events of 2017. And once again, uh, we'll always be there to cooperate uh, in any investigation. At the end of the day, uh, my campaign did everything it could to carefully follow all of the rules, uh, and I'm confident we did so. Once again, on the earlier allegation you, you mentioned, there was an exhaustive investigation by the Office of the Chief Electoral Officer, which concluded that those two individuals had uh, violated the law, but that no one in my campaign had done so. And uh, so I think that's the, that's the key point here. Thanks, Premier. Operator, can you please put through our next caller? City News. Good morning, Mr. Premier. Wanted to follow up on your government's plan to get rid of the uh, provincial tax on gas in a couple days here. Now, we're seeing issues in other countries where they've tried to do this, but then gas stations are still charging that difference and pocketing it. So how are you going to make sure that doesn't happen here come April 1st? Thanks. I'm going to uh, ask Minister Taze to respond. Sure. Well, uh, a couple of things. Firstly, here in Alberta, when we take a look at uh, pricing behavior, uh, I'm confident that we have enough competition in our in our retail environment, retail uh, fuel selling environment, that we will and see uh, see these uh, tax reductions, which will be ultimate savings, be passed to consumers in Alberta, and we'll be monitoring that very closely. Go ahead with your follow up, Safe. Absolutely. Well, Minister Taves, you've made a comment similar to that effect. Uh, Last time I asked a question uh, similar to this regarding insurance rates uh, not going up, and you said you're certain they'll go down uh, because the province is uh, competitive. But I'm not going to waste my follow-up on that. wanted to go back to the Premier regarding that meme this morning, leaving out the point it was trying to get across and focusing on the fact that it is an act of violence being used by you to try and get a point across. Do you think it was appropriate to share that? See, that, that, is, that image and different memes based on it are basically the entire internet today. Uh, a meme is defined, I see, as a humorous image, video, piece of text, etc., that is copied often with slight variations and spread rapidly by internet users. That's what that is. It's a uh, relevant way of making a point, in this case the point, that reality is intruding on the failed policies of the green left that have sought to make life more expensive for everybody, drive up inflation, food costs, fuel costs, and also reduce development of energy from democracies like Canada, which has led to geopolitical instability from uh, Syria to uh, Venezuela and obviously today Ukraine. Uh, that, that is, it is time for a, so a balanced debate on energy policy, some realism that focuses, yes, on reducing greenhouse gas emissions, but also 
on generating safe, secure, and stable supply of energy uh, that is affordable and reliable uh, for regular people. That's something that's a central principle for us uh, that we'll continue to defend, both in policy and, and otherwise. Thank you, Premier. We have time for three more. Operator, can you please put through our next caller? Shailen Skulski, CTV. Hi, thank you for taking my question. My question is for the Premier. Uh, Premier, you've exhausted legal efforts with the carbon tax, with the Supreme Court siding with the legality of the federal government's carbon tax. You've often talked about Alberta feeling ignored by Ottawa and not feeling part of those conversations and consultations. So what do you expect this call today and the motion in the House to actually accomplish? An opportunity for Alberta's elected representatives to speak uh, clearly to the federal government. I also signed a letter with the premiers of Saskatchewan and Manitoba calling on the feds not to increase the carbon tax on April the 1st. So this is a, a formal way that we, uh, as Alberta's elected re representatives, can speak out on this. And, and who knows? There's still a few days left. Maybe Mr. Trudeau will actually come to common sense on this. Uh, I, I would encourage other provinces to do what we are doing and to pass motions uh, to suspend this, this scheduled carbon tax hike. The single most important issue for ordinary people right now is inflation. Food inflation, fuel inflation, electricity inflation. This carbon tax hike makes that situation much worse. And it, 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 this is a matter of real urgency to families that can barely afford to pay their bills right now. So I, I, I think Alberta's legislature is right to focus on the number one priority of Albertans right now, which is inflation made only worse by this scheduled 25% increase in the carbon tax. Go ahead with your follow-up. Yeah, just as a follow-up on that, if, if the purpose of, of this call and the motion this afternoon is to open up dialogue with the federal government, I have to go back to the meme that you posted earlier today. I, I just... How seriously do you think Trudeau is going to take your call today to abandon the carbon tax when you're putting out this sort of narrative against green energy policies on social media? It's no surprise that Albertans are opposed to a failed green left policies like the carbon tax that are making everything more expensive. And, uh, it, you know, food inflation, fuel and electricity inflation are not an accident. They are the deliberate result of higher carbon taxes. We've got to wake up and realize that what the Liberal NDP coalition is trying to do here is actually to make life more expensive for all of us, to actually increase inflation. They are doing this. That's the goal of all of this. And I think when the carbon taxes were at a relatively lower uh, price point, people kind of didn't really notice it, but they sure are now at a 30-year high of inflation um, when they can barely afford to fill up their gas tanks, heat their homes, and pay their electricity bills. So... Uh, if that posting gets the attention of the federal government and others who have been trying to slide in this 400% increase in, the, in fuel and energy costs, then that's a good thing. We need Canadians to wake up and realize that there are politicians through so-called green policies that are trying to make life completely unaffordable. And when you go to a grocery store and... and Roll your eyes at food inflation when you can't believe it's costing you uh, so much to fill up your gas tank. There, there, there's a primary reason for it, and it's failed energy policies to create energy scarcity, energy inflation, and inflation for just about everything in our lives. Uh, we stand against that, and we hope that the federal government will stand up and take note. Thank you, Premier. Operator, can you please put through our next caller? 
Ashley Joanno, Post Media. Hi, this first question is for the Premier. Um, you've mentioned repeatedly that the carbon tax is going up April 1st, but, but what doesn't often get mentioned is the fact that the rebate for the carbon tax is also going up. If the vast majority of Albertans are getting more back in this rebate, uh, in this current situation where things are more expensive, isn't it positive for them to have extra cash in their pocket? Uh, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll give that to Travis here. Sure. Good question. A couple of pieces to the answer. Firstly, uh, the entire carbon tax collected is not rebated. And so ultimately, uh, ultimately, there is a net cost, a very significant net cost. Secondly, the fact that the carbon tax is imposed means that it drives inflation. Again, I'll, I'll go back to the Bank of Canada, uh, who have effectively determined that the carbon tax is uh, has an inflationary effect of about 50 basis, point, basis points right now, about half a percent, which is very, very material. So, yes, the carbon tax right now has a, has a refundable component to it. Not nearly all of it is refunded. Secondly, the fact that it's imposed is driving inflation and is pushing up the costs of so many goods and even many services in the province. That's the fact. That's why we're opposed to it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was a little confused. I thought you were talking about the electricity rebate. So I, I understand you meant uh, the so-called carbon tax rebate. Uh, in addition to what Minister Taze just said, uh, the report uh, fra that was made by Blacklocks, uh, based on Department of Finance figures and uh, and documents, underscores that the majority of Canadian households are net losers on the carbon tax minus the rebate. So that, in fact, it is a net tax, a net take from the majority of Canadian households. And secondly, there are a whole lot of uh, folks that do not get any rebate. Just this past um, week, I was at a nonprofit, and they told me that uh, they had to spend uh, a growing portion of their budget on the carbon tax, they don't get any rebate. Uh, farmers get very limited back in terms of uh, paying for uh, higher natural gas prices to dry their grain. Uh, all of those small business, all those nonprofits that operate out there on a shoestring budget, they get zero back. And yet they have to pay all of this to, to operate. So this, it, it, look, the bottom line is this. The point of the carbon tax is to make food more expensive, heating more expensive, fuel more expensive, electricity more expensive. It's wrong to do that to people, especially when we're living through 30-year high inflation. Go ahead with your follow-up. A quick practical question. If the motion is being tabled today, is the plan to debate it today or tomorrow, or what's, what's the plan? We'll, we'll give notice of the uh, motion today, and my intention right now, depending on schedule, will be to call that motion uh, tomorrow afternoon and debate it uh, throughout the evening, and uh, we likely will not rise until it passes, given the timeline for April 1st. So I anticipate it will pass sometime tomorrow evening. Thank you, Minister. Operator, can you please put through our final caller? Graham Thompson, iPolitics. Are you there, Graham? All right, that concludes our press conference.